Hey friend, welcome to episode 99. Can you believe it? That means next episode is going to be 100. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. This year has gone by so quickly and it's been a lot of fun to be able to share and connect with all of you homeschool mamas out there that are listening. But before we get to that episode, we have to do this one. So let's talk about when we have kiddos that are in homeschool age range, what we would say traditional age range, and maybe technically they're in the age range compulsory school age, and you have to do some reporting to your school district for them. But you've got some little ones at home as well that are around. And that adds a different level to things that makes things a little bit more complicated, a little bit more, we'll say, exciting. (laughs) And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some practical tips and tricks and a little bit of vision as well I want to give you for the years down the road. So we're going to talk about this when we are homeschooling some kiddos, but those kiddos have younger siblings and they're around during the homeschool hours. How do we keep them engaged? Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Now, just like in some other episodes, I have separated out the age range. The couple of episodes that I've done about connecting with your middle school age and then the younger grades, and I specifically said that middle school age, which would be like young, uh, older tween and young teens, which is different than when we're talking about older teens. So today when I'm talking about keeping younger kiddos, the younger siblings engaged, I'm going to be focused on specifically And this could include, you know, your kindergarten age kiddos, because that doesn't take very long. And maybe you're taking a more laid back approach to kindergarten too. So you have someone, you have a little one that is kindergarten, we'll say preschool, maybe toddler. This could also apply when we're talking about babies and younger toddlers, that's going to be a different episode. So I want you to focus on these are the ones, these are the kiddos that are mobile, that are into things, that are wanting to be a part of things and They want to be with the siblings and, well, they're kind of getting into things. And you're wondering, how do I focus and get my homeschooling done when I've got this little one that's, you know, taking off and going to the kitchen and tearing out all the pots and pans or is walking all over everybody's papers or throwing a fit or a temper tantrum, asking for this and needing this. So that's the age range that we're going to be focused on and talking about just those practical tips and tricks that you can apply today. And then I also, throughout this, want to give you a vision. I want to encourage you that the season will not last forever. And I know, you know, with younger moms, you're like, oh, these older moms always like, enjoy it. It won't last forever. I I know it's so, so cliche, but I want to give you a vision also of what that looks like and our different seasons in life. So when I started homeschooling, I did have a preschooler 
who very much wanted to be in the thick of everything. He wanted to be included, but he also really wanted to play, and he also kind of wanted to be a distraction and rough and tumble with his brother. And so at that point, I had a preschooler, a first grader, and a third grader. And coming from the school system, and I've talked about this before, I had a very... I was very, let's just say in my mind, I was very strict and tight in what the education of my children must look like in order to be successful because I only had one model of education. That was the school system. So I had no idea it could be anything different. And so looking back now, I'm like, oh man, I wish I knew what I know now then. (laughs) That makes sense. But I didn't. And that's okay. I've gotten to this point. So you moms that are starting out and realize that education can look different and you have exposure to the different methods of educating and how does that look like in your family are at such, wow, I'm actually jealous. (laughs) I wish I could have a doer, but I don't. But yes, those things in life are what teaches us and that's how we move forward. And it makes us even more solid in our decision and in the way that we carry something out. And it is a huge reason for why I have Clarify Your Homeschool And mamas are able to walk into the program feeling confused, lost, unsure if they even can, you know, pull this homeschool gig thing off and walk out of the program. And you never really walk out of it, but get to the, because you can stay in it for as long as you want, but you get to the point where you're like, wow, I am confidently doing this and making those changes. I've had moms who are like, yes, this is what we're going to do. And a couple months in, they're like, this is not working. And then we work together again on how can we adjust that? What is the better thing to do? And feel empowered and encouraged to take control, to take the helm when it comes to their children's education, and then to realize that homeschool is an entire lifestyle. It is not something that is separated out. It is not something that is outsourced, and we get to do all of life together. Joining is super simple. You just had to clarifyyourhomeschool.com and all the information is there. There's payment plans. Everything is all set out right there with all, all the details about it. Okay, so let's dive into some practical tips and tricks on keeping those little ones who are very busy a little, let's say, keeping their busy under control. Okay, so the first one here is, Mama, fill the little one's emotional cups up first. In other words, spend time with them. Let the family, let your the siblings, let your all your kiddos spend some time together, playing together first thing in the morning, whether it is while you make breakfast or it is between breakfast and getting started on say morning time. Let them spend time together and you spend time with the little ones as well so they know that they're seen. It's not like they're just kind of being pushed aside. Their emotional cup is filled up. Now, maybe you have a busy morning and you don't quite get to that time where you can sit and play or cuddle or just enjoy some time with your little one until maybe the time that you want to get started with homeschool. An option here would be to get your older kiddos started on something independent. Maybe you just give them a couple of math problems to do or read a couple of pages in this book and they can work on that independently. You can spend some time with the younger sibling and then you can go straight into morning time. Nobody says morning time has to be the first thing you do. Nobody says morning time has to be even in the morning, okay? This is your homeschool, you get to decide. But get those love tanks filled up and let your let all of the siblings be a part of that as well and 
make sure your kiddo, your younger ones know that they are seen and heard and feel your presence before you kind of get started on things. Second thing is here, don't exclude them. We don't separate out the family. And that's one of the things we do by not getting involved in the school system. We're not putting first grade Johnny over here in this classroom and fourth grade Sally in this classroom and sixth grade Betty, I'm <laughs> making these names up, uh, over in this classroom. No, we get to do them all together along with the younger kiddos, the toddler, preschooler, kindergarten age that you have at home as well. Remember that one day your little ones will be sitting in the same seats that your older kiddos are sitting in right now. Let them see what that looks like by watching their older siblings. I also want you to remember and to stay focused on the fact that this is the good work. Our little ones that are underfoot, that are around, that are creating, we'll say, excitement within the home, they aren't holding your homeschool back. They are the homeschool as well, because this is an entire lifestyle. Older siblings will learn to roll with things. When we have a little one coming over and saying, I'm hungry, or I have to go potty, or I just dropped the jam, the, the jar of jelly on the floor, or they don't even tell you, just hear it happen. Older siblings will learn to roll. Life is full of interruptions. There is no perfect day. There are some really great days. And there are some days that will say that was pretty perfect, but we understand it's not perfect in the way that there's nothing that ever goes wrong. This helps older siblings to roll with it because when we are out in the world, when your kiddos get jobs, when they volunteer places, when they are in the community, when they attend uh, events at church or anywhere else, they'll start to see that Nothing is super smooth and perfect. There is no perfection out there. And they'll learn to go with it and to roll with what comes up and problem solving and being okay to saying, so they have a job sometime and something happens and like, you know, it's to their boss, you know, it's okay. I know we were having a conversation, but that's more important. Go and do that. They'll be able to do that and not be offended that the boss had to stop talking to them because there was an emergency somewhere there. Now, also what you can do is to give some time. So remember, this is the good work. The good work is having those older siblings that you are doing some formal lessons with and having the preschoolers and the little ones that are that are around. You can give time where the older siblings are spending time with the younger ones. I know I've mentioned this before, but I always had my older kiddos read to my younger one. My daughter did a little bit of reading to her brother, who's right, who's two years younger than him, her, but he was an early reader, so she didn't have as much opportunity, but they both read to their youngest sibling, and there was a little bit of hesitation with that, and it can feel intimidating to read out loud if it's not something that comes naturally to you. So something you can do is say, hey, go into their bedroom or go into the dining room in the corner there, go into a reading nook, go somewhere and read, so they don't think that anybody's necessarily listening in on them while they're reading and they'll gain and grow some confidence, but it doesn't have to just be reading. It can just be like, okay, this is your 15 minutes to go play with the little one in their room, whatever it is they want to, whatever they want to play with building blocks, something you play with them for 15 minutes while I get to do this math lesson with the other kiddo. Now, what about those times when you have everybody together and they're all doing lessons 
A really great option is to have a special basket, a bin, a box, something that you can hold some type of toys, some type of something, you know, for them to play with that is only specifically for their homeschool time. So it could be things like puzzles, lacing cards, any type of toys that help with their fine motor skills. You could set up some type of sensory station. Now this basket or bin is something that is only used during the homeschool hours. It is not accessible. It is not available for anybody unless it is the little one during the homeschool time. Now we know that kids, they kind of get bored with something after a while. So switch this out often. And this doesn't have to be expensive stuff. You could switch it out. You could still keep those things and put it somewhere aside and change things out. So it could also be things like Play-Doh, things that you would want them to have some type of supervision while they're doing it, but you don't necessarily want them to have access to it at any time. So just think of those puzzles, the lacing cards, as well as the option of when you're homeschooling in certain programs, especially with math, have some type of, well, yeah, definitely with math, math manipulatives. I remember my kiddos having like little counting bears and just having like little things that they would use for their math. So this is them in elementary school. And I would allow my youngest to play with those, but only during the homeschool time and only when I didn't need them for a homeschool lesson. And that really lit him up. He thought that was like, that was super special and he loved to play with it then. Okay, so we're gonna switch those up too once in a while as to what they're playing with so that they don't get bored of it. The next thing is to change things up in your day. If you are sitting at your dining room table, which is a fantastic option for where you're doing your homeschool lessons. And I did do an episode a little bit back uh, about your homeschool space. You want to check that out if you're curious as to what that looks like. So you want to change things up during the days. Instead of just sitting in one location, move, go to the living room. You can be in the dining room, get outside if you can. I know the weather's going to start turning here and getting colder. That might not be as much of an option of putting out a blanket and sitting out on the front lawn and reading books and doing our lessons. You can still get outside. You can break it up with, let's get all our snow gear in and get outside. But by changing location and keeping things moving a little bit, it helps to keep younger kiddos from getting bored and then causing some type of chaos because they will become very comfortable if you're always in the same location. Now, if your little one still takes a nap, you can fully take advantage of nap time. Maybe that's the time where you do the bulk of your lessons, or maybe that's the time that you do some lessons that you really need a lot of focus on and not have the distraction, or your older sibling needs that time to not have distraction. Maybe they're struggling a little bit in the math and they need one-on-one help with mom. Nap time is a great option for when to do that. But what if your kiddo is no longer napping? Something that you can do, and my family, we did this for many, many years, is to still have that nap time in the afternoon, whether it's one to two o'clock or one to three, whatever, you know the limits of your family, but we would just do quiet room time. Even if they weren't napping, that was a time they played in their room. If you don't trust them in their full room, then you say you here, you're going to be on your bed. You can fall asleep if you want, but you get to pick a specific amount of toys. You get three toys and you have to play on your bed for this one hour. That gives you a little bit of time. And I know I said, don't exclude them. This is okay. It's okay to have an hour in the afternoon. Maybe everybody's taking a rest at that point. Maybe you're like, I don't want to give up my nap time. You don't have to. 
You can still, maybe you need to take a nap or maybe you need to sit and rest a little bit. Maybe you have some chores to get done or you just need a breather. That's okay too. Don't feel guilty if you don't use the nap time for homeschool lessons. The next thing is to give your kiddo their own, I'll say in quotes, school. Give them their own things to do. Now this also depends on kiddos. Some kids are like, "Mm -mm, I don't want anything to do with any of that. And some are like, hey, everybody else is doing this. I want to do it too. Give them a notebook, get them coloring books, get them some age appropriate scissors and some things to cut out. Give them some things so that they can feel like they are doing what their older siblings are doing because they want to do what they are doing. So come up with their own type of school and some kids will be really excited about that. Some may want to do it every day. Some may want to do it some days. Some kids might want to do it and then the novelty will wear out after a couple of weeks and they'll be like, "Mm -mm, I don't want to do that. Well, that's when you're going to do some of these other things, maybe get a special basket and some type of toys and stuff. Also look into something like audiobooks, whether it's something, I don't know if some libraries still have like these little like play away things, they called it. You put in some earphone headphones, or maybe you have an extra iPad you can hook up. You have audible or whatever it is. And not all kids are going to be interested in this. And it depends on if there's younger kiddos and you have picture books and there's audio books that go along with it, or maybe they're kind of into listening to chapter books that are, you know, geared towards their age, but audio books can be a great option. They can sit there, listen to their audio book while they're playing or just kind of laying there, enjoying that. That might buy you a little bit of time right there. Okay. Next thing I want to mention here, I do have these listed in numbers. I don't know if it matters, but this is number nine out of 12, (laughs) is don't use screen time. I know, and I just mentioned audiobooks. When I say to put it on, you know, on an iPad, I'm saying like lock the screen and they don't have the passcode. (laughs) So it's not them playing on it, it's them just listening. But don't use screen time as a nanny, as the go-to for things. I'm not saying never to use it, but if your older kiddos are doing school, you're doing lessons with them, and the younger one is sitting there just mindlessly watching TVs, TV uh, shows or movies or playing games, it is a habit that you are going to have to break them from later on down the road. Again, this doesn't mean you can't use screen time at all, but that's not going to be the main thing. What are your goals for your kids? Do you Is your goal for them to be sucked into a screen all the time? Well, then give them a screen all the time. But is your what is your goal? Do you want kids that are going to love being outdoors and to love creative play and problem solving? Well, this is how we start to set them up for that when they are younger. Now, another obvious option here is for them just to individually play nearby. Let them pick some toys. Now, we're not picking the loud, noisy toys. Maybe you have a little girl and she loves her dolls. Well, Set up wherever you're doing school, even if it's in the dining room, the living room, or you have a designated homeschool space. Set up the crib for her baby dolls in there and have the clothing. Let them just play. Be around. Little ones just love to be around their family, as you know. And so let them just play. They'll probably come up and say, look at this outfit. Or, hey, you know, they want you to button the sweater on the little dolly or something like that. But let them individually play nearby. My boys were so into matchbox cars that we had them in every single room. And that was their go-to that they would individually play just with matchbox cars. And they would play semi-quietly. I mean, the cars would make a lot of noise apparently when they would, you know, be pushing them along and everything. But we kind of learned to just continue doing what we're doing. That was just like background noise. It wasn't a bad thing. It's just 
it was like white noise kind of a little bit to me because I just kind of got used to hearing it. How do we do this overall? Mama, you have to be prepared to go into like a Monday and say, I'm going to, this is going to be a great day. They're not going to, and you don't have a basket. You don't have a bin. You don't have an idea. You don't have things set up for them to do school with you. You don't have a, maybe audiobooks. You don't have toys around for them just to play quietly on their own. You're going to get yourself into a place of stress. When we get stressed, we start to get angry. We start, we lose our temper. We will say and act in ways that we know we don't want to. So be prepared. And I'm not saying you have to have, I mean, with kids and with homeschool, you know, timing out every single minute, but have some options. So when I say be prepared, be prepared with some options because some days your kiddo might wake up and just is feeling not super excited about the day and just kind of wants to stay in their PJs and hold their little blankie and sit on your lap while you do lessons, then let them do that. And other days they're going to wake up and they are ready to go. So be prepared for whatever the options are so that we don't get stressed and we don't get upset and we don't get worked up. We're trying to maintain our level of you know sanity here. And this is how we do it is by be, being prepared. Now, we have to remember that there's going to be interruptions in life. We see that just as moms. When we start homeschooling, it doesn't mean the interruptions stop. It just means the interruptions occur during the homeschool. Now, overall, number 12 out of 12, which I didn't even tell you there were that many. For me, when I write things out, it's good to have numbers. But the last thing here is I want to have you remember that when we are homeschooling, we are training hearts and minds. So we want to focus first on their heart. We want to pour into them. We want to disciple them. Make sure your younger ones are around when you're doing your Bible devotions, when you are discussing Bible stories, and as your kids get older, discussing theology. My youngest has such a broader range of what he knows and is able to discuss and his theological basis because at eight years old, he was there with his sister who is 13, listening as we're having these conversations and he's soaking it in. So we're training hearts and we're training minds. When it comes to the training of the minds, we're teaching them a love of learning and we're going to show them how to learn so that they continue to do that their entire lives. So how are you feeling about this now? I hope you're feeling a little bit more settled. You've got your marching orders, okay? You're going to get prepared. You're going to come up with some ideas And this week here, you're going to get this stuff together and you're going to start off maybe next week and you're going to be a bit more prepared and you're going to keep your heart and your mind focused on the fact that you are training their hearts and their minds and knowing that this season of having little ones who are interrupting a lot, who are maybe potty training, who are maybe asking lots of questions, who are getting into things, it will not last forever. In a few years, that little one is going to be sitting at the dining room table with their older siblings as well. And all of these ideas I just shared helps them to be seen and heard and loved at this stage, at this age that they are, and helps prepare them for when they step into that seat that's sitting there and that listening and being a part of the family in the homeschool in just a different way. So they are still a part of the homeschool. They're just going to be in a different way as they get a little bit older. And you're wondering, what does that look like? What does it even look like with my kids homeschooling now? And I have these younger kids. What kind of curriculum should I be choosing for them? Really, what what is my goal here? I, I don't even know. What do I do when I start to get burned out? What's de-schooling? What are all these things, Lee, that you happen to mention? Mama, 
You're going to head over to Clarify Your Homeschool. We're going to cut through all of that stuff. And those and so much more is what we discuss. And like I mentioned, you walk away from even the first couple of lessons and saying, wow, I am, I can do this. I know I can do this. I feel like I have like a superhero cape. Someone just messaged me and said that they feel like that. They feel like they have a superhero cape on them from all that I share and all that I have encouraged them with. They're like, I know I can do this. And I didn't think that I could do it before. And now I know that I can. So while I'm ready to pour into you, you can head over to clarifyyourhomeschool.com and I will see you back here in a couple of days for episode 100. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.